Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back to the next Brave Thing. And I am here with a fan favorite. Oh my gosh. Shanna. Franceschini. You are here back by popular demand. Popular demand? Yes, the people wanted more of the Shanna. Oh my gosh. Do you want to know a fun fact? Yes. This podcast, Next Brave Thing, is in the top 25% of oh. all podcasts. Oh my gosh. Let's just have a party. That's a celebration. That's worth celebrating. Come on. I know. So exciting. And um, anyway, so I wanted to have you back on because I feel that we just have great chemistry. Uh, well, good round of tennis. We do. In back our and forth we go. Back and forth. Anyway, so I today I wanted to kick off the new year mm-hmm. by talking through five go gut I can't even talk. Five guideposts to living a life of bravery. Oh, that's helpful. At the end of last year, I did a lot of one-on-ones, life coaching sessions and with students, and we did like whiteboard sessions. And one of my students said, I came to this school because I was like, take me where the brave people are. Good for her. Yes. And so I love being around brave people Mm -hmm. because they have an edge to them, a humility about them, Mm. and they tend to do great things. So after lots of conversations with people I life coach, I've noticed there's a bit of a roadmap to bravery. Yeah, because when you start doing brave things, there are kind of the same pitfalls or the same moments along that journey that want to kind of mess you up or or keep you from continuing. Yeah. So our heart today is to give you some guideposts to help you feel less alone in your brave journey. That's so good. Okay, so what's number one? Number one is let's get clear about what you want and why you want it. Hmm. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the time we want things more because our ego is choosing it. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) I mean, I've been that person. Yeah. Yeah. Like what would, what would that look like? How would you know, oh, my ego wants this versus this is my next brave thing. Yes. I think your next brave thing is deeply connected to something authentic in you. Whereas your ego is making choices about what other people will think about you. For example, Mm. I want to be a social media influencer. Oh. And uh, like, I'm just like, yeah, because I want to be famous. I want people to think I'm cool. So my next brave thing is just to post a ton on social media and then people will think I'm cool and then I'll be an influencer. Wow. And it sounds like what actually is going on is that maybe they're looking to meet a need, mm-hmm. need to be seen or need to mm-hmm. be heard versus something that's aligned with purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think your next brave thing has to be connected to either deepening connection because mm. you might do a next brave thing with a friend or a spouse have a hard conversation it might be aligned in that of like oh I've got to put in boundaries I've just had a crazy Christmas with people Mm. my next brave thing it feels like it's in in line with my values and connection and connection or or greater purpose of what I'm supposed to do on the planet Mm. and where I'm going to be of service in the earth and everything else 
means that maybe you want to take a look at what is the need that this is trying to satiate. Yes. Oh, great word. Oh my God. That's a brilliant word. <laughs> satiate. Yeah. I think that, that that's something to process through with maybe like a friend or a coach of like, what is my motivator? And you're, you're a good person in my life that helps me mm. connect back to the why. Thanks, friend. Yeah, you're good at that. Well, and I think something else that I've definitely learned from you is that like once you've identified, oh, like the influencer example, yes. I have this need to be seen. That's not a shameful thing. Like no. that's not wrong to yeah. realize, oh, I feel unseen or I feel um, unheard in mm -hmm. my life right now. That's important to know and it's important to be self-aware and recognize my heart needs this. Yes. And then you process that in a different way. Yes. Right? Than just bravery. <laughs> yes. Like, because that's where I do see people throw themselves out there of like, I'm going to put myself out there and it feels like striving. Mm. It doesn't feel um, like you're in trust or, you know, like settled it's coming from a place of like, I need you something outside me to validate me Wow! rather than I'm already validated and I'm going to move through the earth feeling validated already. Wow. That's so good. So if that's the first one, identifying what you want, why you want it and being just really clear that this is aligned either with connection or purpose, mm -hmm. what would be the second thing? Yeah, I think that kind of ties into the next one, which is like defining what is healthy risk versus destructive risk. Mm. Um, yeah, I think for me, I think I, as I've mentioned in the previous podcast, I like to forecast the worst case scenario and work my way back from there. So worst case scenario, when I first took the big risk of moving countries was I just have to go back home and my ego gets hurt and it's a little embarrassing that it didn't work out mm. I think I can live with myself yeah yeah so I think that destructive risk my mom was telling me a story about someone who felt like they were meant to move to a third world country and they were a single mom with little kids and they weren't inviting any feedback and and my mom's like so who's going to help you with the children over there? <laughs> and they knew no one and they were just going because they felt like, you know, the Lord or someone had like told them to go there, which I like, I'm not necessarily judging that a little bit judging, but <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, have you really stared all of the possibilities of what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Like in the face. Yeah. Um, and sat with it and then decided, you know what? I will figure out a solution. Mm -hmm. I will figure out my way through it. Um, Whereas the healthy risk side of that, like if they really feel like this is the thing that I need to do that's aligned with purpose and yes. it feels like the right thing would be to invite community into that decision, have yes. you know wisdom um, yes. and not isolation yeah. you know, in the planning part of that. Yes. And they've connected into the deeper why they're going to do that. Mm. I th or, and sometimes like destructive risk can be escapism. Mm. I'm just trying to escape my life. And I am always going from like one thing to the next thing to the next thing. I can't actually say still, which I have been that person to a little bit of a degree. But I think it's... Um, 
yeah, like destructive risk could be like leaving a relationship and going from relationship to relationship without actually assessing like, wow, I have a pattern here. Mm. (laughs) Like, you know, so yeah, that could be another side to destructive risk. What about healthy versus destructive financial risk? Mm Because oftentimes when you take a risk, there's a financial component. Yes. Um, And how would you define, you know, just having some wisdom in the difference between healthy and destructive there? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that healthy is like, is it aligned with your values have you looked at the worst case scenario of what that impact financially means to you? Um, but also like, do you have the belief in yourself that you are capable to make money? I don't know. Like sometimes I think that sometimes we don't, um, you know, put ourselves out there because we're afraid that, yeah, we're afraid that we won't be capable of making money or it won't work out. But yeah, I think that destructive would be, um, you haven't worked out like, what does this like worst case scenario? Like I'm going to have to move home and save money and get myself out of the hole. Like, I think it's just always like going in eyes wide open. Mm Mm-hmm. What would you think? No, I would, I would agree. I would think I, I ever, I'm thinking back over every time I've made a financial risk or I've done something brave and it's had a financial impact. Yeah. And I agree, like thinking in terms of worst case scenario, um, can I live with worst case scenario? Like, can I lose this seed money? that Mm -hmm. I'm, that I'm investing in this thing. And does that, um, hurt my family? Does that, um, really affect our way of life? Am I still going to be able to put food on the table for my kids? Yeah. If I can't, Mm -hmm. then this is not healthy risk. This is destructive risk, you know? Um, I, and, and I think too, um, we, we have a tendency to be impulsive sometimes and just be like, I want to be brave mm-hmm. again to mm-hmm. meet the need of, I feel stuck. And so I'm going to do something risky and brave and celebrate myself for my bravery. And it has this financial impact, but you know, I'm, I'm not doing it aligned with purposefulness. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it out of boredom or yes. you know, the, the motivation behind it is, yeah, is wrong. Yeah. And I think like even, yeah, my risk of moving countries with no money. Um, I just believed in a higher power. Mm -hmm. And I think that, yeah, that can be a little delusional, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, but also like I was testing out a faith theory, Mm -hmm. like, and so, but again, it impacted just me. Right. And also, um, I had like a backup plan of like, oh, this is uncomfortable if it doesn't work out, but at least I can rebuild, you know, I've, I've forward thought my Mm -hmm. way out of this, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So if you've assessed, okay, I think that this risk that I'm looking to jump into is aligned with purpose and it's healthy risk. What would be the third thing that could come up to derail that risk move? I heard um, someone by the name of Echo Tolle say that when we risk, all of our trauma comes up. So the third one is where I think that risking exposes how we trust, like 
all our trust issues, whether we trust ourselves, whether we trust uh, in a higher power, God, like we, all of that kind of is exposed. And I think that, yeah, exposes a lot of like our belief systems, Mm. like of what has been wired in us from a young age. And especially if we've experienced disappointment and haven't healed from disappointment, it can be really unnerving and disorientating Mm. because yeah, we think that I think I was pretty naive in thinking like, oh, I'm taking this big risk and it's all going to work out great because I took a (laughs) risk and they say that taking a risk is a good thing. And I think it was a lot of pivoting and learning to understand myself and learning to trust myself. Yeah. Um, And then also go, oh, that motive wasn't the most pure and And that made me aware of that. I wouldn't have known that if I didn't step out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So, yeah, like, and I think it's like in in the scenario of a relationship, it's like if I risk and ask that person out or like I risk inside of a relationship, all of my rejection issues come up. Mm. All of my history of the times where I've been rejected come up. And so then I'm like, ah, I don't want to risk anymore. That's too scary. So it just requires me to go on a healing journey Mm. of healing all the past pain and disappointment and rejection so that I can, um, yeah, kind of get in a clear headspace. And yeah, so I think that's... (laughs) It sounds like the lifestyle of bravery just absolutely requires a really good therapist or life coach (laughs) to go on that journey with you. Yeah. Pretty much. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So your trauma comes up and you've got somebody in your life who can help you process all of that Uh and deal with the vulnerability and the rejection issues and, and the stuff that comes up. Mm -hmm. And then, and then what? So I think the fourth one would be the, because a huge I feel like we all filter our decisions through what people think of us. Like, Mm. I think we naturally just do that. Especially if we're a three on the Enneagram. Enneagram. Yes. (laughs) Well, I think it's just a human thing to be thinking about our reputation, how that affects, like, the people's, our perfectly curated image in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think there is this thing of, so the fourth one is letting go of people what people think, but also inviting feedback. And I've heard it said that, um, you know how people say, I don't care what people think. Yeah. That's just crap, isn't it? It's so crap. And, and almost like it's, um, a retaliation Mm -hmm. to the opposite of caring way too much of what people think. Mm -hmm. And I think I've heard Brene Brown actually say this. She said, if we care too much of what people think, we will abandon ourselves. Mm-hmm. But if we um, don't, ca- if we say, oh, I don't care what people think, we actually break off connection. We yeah. invite disconnection. And so it's living in that tension of valuing what people think, but also valuing what we think. Um, and so I think that when you have some really good friends who are asking great questions of you, like you ask Mm. great questions, um, that helps you 
kind of assess and have someone outside of you go, hey, like sometimes your friends know you better than you know yourself. That's but, true. But, it's- <laughs> but also, um, yeah, it means that you're, you're assessing this from like a mature, wise space. Um, and you have a sounding board, but also like you, you don't want to violate like caring way too much about what people think that you are paralyzed Mm -hmm. and you don't know what your internal voice is. Yeah. It sounds like that, that space where you have to have a really good relationship with failure, you know, it's like you, you have to be okay getting it wrong. Mm Mm-hmm in order to take this risk and try and be brave and be open to people letting you know, yeah, that, you know, yeah. here's a little feedback <laughs> yeah. um, without losing yourself or yeah. losing your motivation or losing yeah. the purpose behind, you know, mm-hmm. this thing that you were doing and be okay with a second version or a third version because that's just part of it. Yes. Yes. I think that's so good. And I had a, a client recently, they decided that they were going to quit their job and they had so much emotional attachment to this job, but it was draining their soul. Mm. And they were on a journey last year of really doing, making decisions for themselves because they were trying their whole life to make everyone happy. And so part of their journey was to make a decision and she made that decision and she felt so much peace and felt so aligned and like the things that she was worried about, like what what other jobs would be available or, you know, other opportunities, they actually fell into place because it's almost like, like when we step into valuing ourselves and putting a boundary in or something like that, alignment happens in our life and then the next thing naturally unfolds or presents itself right and it's not something that you can plan out from the get-go it's like doors doors don't really open until you've closed this other one and you've just trusted this journey yes wow yeah wow which is pretty cool so the fifth guidepost would be what would be surrendering control and expectations Mm. yeah yeah I think it's very human I was I'm just bought the book Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. Of course you did. Yes, because yes. we all know I we love just, Brene Brown. <laughs> we just love some Brene. <laughs> but she said something like her husband, she talked about expectations of like, um, you know, having this fantasy that her husband, Steve, when she got back home from work would have like the dinner made and like everyone's happy. And her husband, Steve was like, and then she comes home and it's not that and disappointed. And then she, her husband's like, so uh, next time you go out, please send me a script of what you're expecting because I'm not in the movie that you've created. Like you're, I want to know the script before. How articulate of him. Yeah. It's like, send me the script yeah. because I would love to be in your movie. But, but oh, like, I like him. Yeah. That's clever. Yes. Um, But yeah, so I think that, I think there's this beautiful thing of keeping our hearts expectant and expect, like having an expectancy of something good is going to happen, but expectation of it has to look this way. Mm. Um, Because then I think that's, you know, creates so much disappointment and we don't bounce back 
as well. Right. And so I've noticed like in risk taking and in pioneering or starting something new, it's so good to keep our heart hopeful, but also like it could change and we're going to pivot and we're going to change our perspective and we're going to pivot again. And it's still kind of in line, but it's not exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that space where you're just getting comfortable being outside of your comfort zone. Like yes. you're just letting it all be. You're getting comfortable with not knowing everything, which mm-hmm. kind of makes you just a better all around person to be around. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, yes, I think that um, in your comfort zone, you can be a great know-it-all. Yeah. Yeah. Those people yeah. that just know it all. But what I have found is that when you're outside your comfort o- comfort zone, the more you know, the less you know. Yeah. Like, I, and you stay in a beautiful place of humility. Yeah. Yeah. And that's attractive. Way more attractive than yeah. being a know-it-all. Yeah, Ugh. those aren't fun. No. Yes. <laughs> but a surrender is like, yeah, surrendering control. Like I notice like, um, yeah, there's different forms of what control, how control manifests. But I, I'm always like, and I get my students and my clients to do this, is like when they're in uncertainty – write down everything you do know and then write down everything you don't know. And the space between not knowing and knowing is trust. So Mm. letting go of control, like, and sometimes because I'm a list person, I need to like write it out what I don't know and what I do know. Cause sometimes I just judge myself really quickly for what I don't know. Mm. And putting it on paper for me helps me just go, okay, I can surrender. This is the space between not knowing and knowing. And so I just get to learn what trust looks like, trusting myself, trusting God, trusting my friends. And that's how you build beautiful history with yourself of like times where, yeah, like my client that chose to quit her job, that's a history making moment where she can say, I build trust with myself in that moment and it worked out. So yeah. Wow. I've never really thought about, I mean, I think in terms of building trust with someone else. Yeah. But building trust with yourself. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Because we have a relationship with ourselves. Yeah. Yes. We sure do. We do. So it's like, then we grow in like, oh, I know the next time I face an uncertain moment, I go, oh, I have all of this history, eight years of history of taking risks and when I know that feeling, I'm getting connected to that feeling that feels like, oh, this is aligned with my values, and my purpose. I can say yes to this. There's going to be bumpy things, but I've got enough history under my belt with myself that this is a good choice for me. Mm. And then you just kind of feel really clear about who you are. Yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah. And I've heard you talking, talk a lot about staying curious. Yeah. Along yes. all of that. Yeah, because I think when we're in uncertainty, we immediately go to judgment Mm. of like, oh, this all the bad things that could go wrong or in a relationship, we go to judgment, someone's a villain. But what is helpful is to stay curious and um, seeking to understand before being understood Mm. Even in real, we've talked a lot about this. One of those seven habits. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just, I think it's getting curious and staying out of judgment, which is really challenging to do. Yeah. 
Um, but I know that when I'm in curiosity, it's like opportunities open up or understanding comes through, connection comes through. Whereas if I'm in judgment, it's like that know-it-all thing. Oh, I judge and I assess and I know everything. Um, I find people like that closes off opportunities. It closes, it makes your world a lot smaller. Mm. Whereas I think my curiosity muscle has been, has grown a lot because um, it's actually been such a, window to wisdom or something (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying but but anyway it's been it's definitely curiosity has unlocked the door to wisdom wow all the time so yeah remain curious in 2022 everyone remain curious and and as you're taking these risks follow these guideposts on your journey of first Mm. identifying what is it that you want and why do you want it? And is it aligned with purpose or connection? And yeah. then two, is it destructive or is it healthy? Yep. It's like a weighing, weighing up. And then three is, yeah, when we risk our trauma comes up, get yourself a great counselor. Get a counselor <laughs> in your life. Yeah. And then number four, let go of what mm-hmm. people think, but hold that intention with being available to feedback and then yes. last but not least, not last but not least, least, five, surrender control and expectations. That's so good, Elsie. Thanks, babe. Hmm. You've been here on my little brave journey. Yeah. And, and you've be- been on mine. Yes. We should talk about mine one of these days. <laughs> oh, we will. We will. Great. Yes. Look forward to that, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Anyway, thanks for being on the podcast today, Shan. You're welcome, love. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening today. You can follow us at the Next Brave Thing podcast on Instagram and make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you would like to book in a life consulting session with me, feel free to go to my website at www.ella-hooper.com for more information.